And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Seven fifty-five is real with David O'Brien and Eric Flaherty is on the air now. Welcome back to Seven Fifty-Five. It's real. Sorry, we're a little bit late, folks. Uh, thanks for hanging in there for with us. And if you're not here, then tell your friends to get on board if they're not here because we're started. <laughs> and we got a lot to talk about, and we'll do it. We'll we'll try to keep it quick though, because I I know there's uh, weekends here, and everybody's excited about the Braves homestand. You got to prepare, right? The Braves. I think the Braves have a series they can win. Eric, I'm with my regular co-host, of course, Eric O'Flaherty, former Braves reliever, and I I think the Braves finally have a couple of series that they need, can and do need to win. Eric. Yeah, yeah, they better. You know, I mean, it just you want to start off hot and then you start off a little cold and you know nobody wants to panic but you need to start winning series so this will be a good homestand to do it yeah i mean we you know it's hard to get it's hard to get the players the coach the man the coaches the manager it's hard to get them in a panic mode you don't want to be in panic mode but they they're not going to panic because a year ago you know as we don't need to remind anybody that they were under 100 or, or uh under 500 uh at or below 500 until early August, uh, over 100 games in. So it's not like you have to sift through the uh, history books to find out when the Braves started uh, under 500, at, you know, and, and and turned it around. So, but yeah, it's not something you want to keep doing. And you know, the big difference for me in this year and last year, the Mets are good, Eric. I, I hate to say it because we've always said the Mets will find a way to Mets it up, and maybe they will. But so far, without a single inning pitch from DeGrom, they're really playing well. They're getting great pitching from their other guys. And you know what the big one uh, with the guy that we kept waiting for last year to come around? Lindor. Lindor is finally playing like Cleveland Lindor. I don't know what happened last year, why he could never get going if he felt that much pressure, you know? But uh, he looks like the old Lindor now. I think he probably did. You know, I mean, that's kind of what I was talking about with Olsen coming over here. You know, getting off to a hot start, it's like, you know, you could just relax right away. Anytime you go to a new team, you know, everything you did for that old team really holds no weight. No, it doesn't mean anything. You yeah. come to a new team with that new fan base and they're excited about you and you're hitting 196 three weeks in the season. They're just like, this guy sucks. Yeah. You know, I mean, you know how good you are and what you can do, but it's it's kind of like I always stay in base. It's like you don't want it to become a thing. You know, I think that's like where Newcomb got to, where him struggling was a yeah. thing. And yeah. everybody's waiting for you to struggle again. Even if you have a couple good outings, everybody's just waiting for the other shoe to drop. Um, so I think Lindor probably just had a fresh start this year. He's too good to keep struggling like that. But I think he felt a lot of pressure last season. And even though, even with interleague, it's not the way it used to be when you go to a different league, you're still p- facing the majority of pitchers he'd never seen last year yeah. after facing the same guys pretty much for years. That probably played into it too. He's facing a different guy every night, and you know who might who knows some of the nagging stuff he might have had might have might have been slowing him down. But for whatever reason, he's raking this year, and they got some other guys that are playing well. And you don't want to give that team 
a chance to get out of its negativity because it, you know, yeah, <laughs> because they've been mired in that for years, but they've had the new owner now for a couple of years and he's putting Buku dinero into that team. And now you got Scherzer over there and he's bringing, you know, he's had a chance to be with the team all, all spring and all that. So he's brought that fiery attitude of his to the pitching staff, I'm sure. So, it's not going to be brought down by say DeGrom's latest injury and needing to need, having to have DeGrom carry him and all that. And, you know, now Lindor playing, you don't have Baez being an ass on that team now. So I, I just think it could be really different with this Mets team. And you do not want to let them get to a 10 game lead, you know, before the all-star break, you want to keep them within a few games. Well, you don't, you don't want them to get a comfortable lead and then get DeGrom back is yeah. what you really don't want to happen. I mean, that's, He's been hurt so much, you know, last couple of years that it's it's hard to bank on him. Or you just know that if he is healthy, he's not going to be throwing bad. <laughs> it's it's if with him, he's either healthy and getting everybody out, or he's hurt. But there's yeah. never any kind of baseball struggle. And if he sees Carrasco, by the way, is oh my god, that guy's dealing. Yep. If he and sees Bassett looks good too. Yeah. If he sees those other guys dealing, you know, and it, it might just have him, a, it might be a different mindset for him too, where, and I'm not saying he wouldn't play hurt because I'm sure he would have, but there wasn't much reason for him to risk his career and all that on a team going nowhere when he's the only pitcher that's doing anything. So when he's right. got a whole rotation that's going out and pitching solid every time, every night out, maybe, maybe it's, maybe it's going to be good for him too, you know, to go out and, you know, be a little more reasonable with, uh, with his approach yeah, and whatever. I agree with that. So we'll see. But uh yeah, you just if you're the Braves, you don't want to let them get too far out there and let them get confidence and build a lead and all that, especially when you're playing them. You're playing them next weekend. And that ends up being that's gonna be a pretty big series now, you know. I mean, early on to kind of test yourself against the the new kids and the the, the new team that's pumped all this money in there and is getting some results. Yeah, I think so. I, I, you know, I mean, it's we keep saying, and it's it's so early to really put yeah. too much stock into it. But um, this team has has for me fared pretty well against Scherzer in the past for whatever oh, yeah. reason. You really know? well, like better than anybody else has. Yeah, so that that's a good uh, that's a good sign. But I don't know. The, the Braves aren't even at full strength yet. They're going to get Acuna back. Which totally different if, game when they get Acuna back. If you're the Mets, you're saying we got to build a lead before they get that guy back. Right. And unless they really alter the uh, plan, he's not going to be back for that series. You know, we thought right. he might be, but it's going to be May 6th is the target date. They could change that by a few days in either direction, though, if he's, but I, I wouldn't think it would get shorter. If anything, it would get longer yeah. if they decide he could use a few more days, but we'll see. But I made sure that that had not changed a couple of days ago and it hadn't after his first couple of rehab games. He did not play last night. He got a day off after playing two games, playing like six innings as in the outfield first day, the DH in the second day, then not playing the third day. So that gives you some idea of how they're not slow walking, but how they're being careful. If anybody's yeah. wondering, they're not going to panic and go, let's get Acuna in there, you know. And the fact that he didn't even play last night after playing, you know, DH in the, the day before tells you they are sticking to their plan, which is a conservative approach. And it should be for him, you know. You can't worry about the first few weeks of the season when it's the health of the superstar of your organizations is uh, on the line. So the plan is to work him up to nine games in the field and then work him up to back-to-back nine games in the field and then work to three straight games before they activate him because they don't want to activate him knowing how hard he plays. And he's not going to want to come out of a game, you know, once he's up here. He's going to want to play every day or just about every day. So they're going to make sure he's ready to go, you know, back-to-back and that his strength isn't down after playing, you know, nine innings or two straight games. 
He looks good. I mean, I've, I've only seen a few highlights, but he's running well. He's yeah. obviously swinging the bat great. So. Got a stolen base. Yeah. Got a double off the wall. Yeah, I think when he gets there, he's going to be ready. I, I think yeah. Yeah, I think the way they're doing it, it's going to get a lot of bats down there. The other thing, he didn't get much at all in spring training, you know, because he was rehabbing, and spring training was so short that he didn't get a chance to get in games at the end. So He's not going to be nervous either. He's going to come out with something to prove. He's, he's going to – yeah, I, I would expect him to make an impact immediately. He told Jeff Schultz, or Jeff Schultz went there to cover it for the first game there, and he said, uh, you know, at first he was worried about getting back, how he'd, if he'd be able to get back at full strength, and he said, now, to be honest, I feel better than I did before. So, yeah. We'll see. Um, Braves reinstated Austin Riley. Did not have him for the uh, for the final game out in, in L.A. and could have used him because they, they did not hit that game against Gonsolin at all. He was out for paternity leave, birth of his first kid. Easton healthy, boy is healthy, mom's healthy, and he's back. So he timed it. He got out of there late after the the, uh, Tuesday game, made it back just in time for her birth and uh, for her to give birth and had the off day, so that worked out well. And he'll be back in there tonight against the Marlins for the series opener. So he only missed one game. Um, So he's going to be in there. And also, one of your favorites, man, Jesse Chavez. How about that? Will be in the pen tonight for his third stint with the Braves, 12 years after his first stint in the organization. Uh, God, that was 12 years ago, 2010, yeah. 2010 team. That last time he had a bullpen probably as deep as this year's, at least this year's before he lost Luke Jackson. But, yeah, they got him. I didn't think he'd get anything for Nuke. I thought somebody would claim him and just take him, you know. But the Braves worked out a deal with the Cubs. And uh, there, Alex again getting something for Newcomb. You know that's pretty good. And cash they got from the Cubs to help cover Chavez's salary. So, um, you know what's good, funny about it? Pretty is, good little trade for them. Well, what's funny about it is like you know Snit gets criticized for throwing Nuke in there. Yeah, and they trade for the exact guy that he needed to throw into that situation. You know, a guy that can be yeah, ready all something. game, throw yep. two, three innings out of the pen, kind of get in and out of jams. You know, obviously with Chavez, there's you know, not potential. <laughs> you're getting right. what you're getting. Right. He he is what he is at this point, you know, and you're getting rid of Nuke, you know, you're giving up on a great arm. But I think he's just Nuke could just kind of run his course here. I wouldn't be surprised to see him go somewhere else and take off, you know. But it wasn't gonna happen. It wasn't gonna happen here. Yeah. He needed it. He needs a fresh start. Um Chavez, by the way, had a good spring for the Cubs. He had uh, a 1.80 ERA, 1.20 WHIP, with ten strikeouts and three walks in ten innings. So he pitched more innings than almost anybody with the Braves. Yeah. Uh, five appearances, a couple of openers, but uh, and he had three appearances this year with the Cubs. Gave up seven hits, four runs, a homer, and a couple of walks in five and two thirds. So you know they they didn't think it was any great loss giving him up. They're not really going anywhere this year, so they probably thought, hey, there's some upside to Newcomb potentially. He's still young, so why not give up Chavez? Good trade for them. They didn't give well, up and they can afford to throw Nuke out there, and if it's you yeah, know, cost them a exactly. couple games, you know, they can they can afford to sacrifice a couple wins to get some answers on a guy they think might have some potential. Also, a guy, Nuke is from Massachusetts, and he's pitched really well in cold weather, if anybody remembers that. He's had some good cold weather games. It doesn't affect him. He grew up in you know pitching night stuff in high school all the time. So uh, going to cut Wendy Wrigley on a brisk night, it's not going to bother him. So we'll see. But uh, Chavez, by the way, for anybody that might have forgot, this guy was huge for the Braves last year when they had injuries. Yeah. 
he came in last year. I mean, it's kind of hard to believe when you look at his stats, how good he was last year. But he had a 2-1-4 ERA in 30 appearances last year for Atlanta, including four opener starts. Had a 1.010 whip, 36 strikeouts, 11 walks, no home runs allowed in 33 and two-thirds innings. It was his best uh, year since 2018. Yeah, I, he was, you know, it's you're never going to be appreciated d- doing the the role he does because it's yeah. it's kind of like a thing where if you come in and mess up a situation in the third or fourth inning, people are going to remember it because you blow the game. But if you come in and get it out of a crazy jam in the third, fourth, fifth inning, yeah, nobody remembers it because there's still four more innings of drama. And if you did your job, the game's probably still close right. and something else is going to decide it. But I guarantee you his teammates loved having that guy. And it's it's yeah. just like I was talking about with, with you know, warming up relievers and managing a bullpen. Those other guys up until the sixth inning, you just sit there with their feet up because they know when that phone rings in the third or fourth inning, it's going to be Chavez. He's going to grab the ball and throw until he's hot. And if they yeah. don't throw him, he's not going to complain. He's going to sit back down and keep talking shit with the guys. Yeah, They call again the next inning. He's going to grab the ball and start chucking again. So him being in that role takes pressure off every other guy in the pen, and and they definitely appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, they love him in the pen. Everybody on the team loves that guy. So the, the, there's another one where Alex is bringing in a guy that he knows will fit seamlessly into the, yep. into the chemistry of the clubhouse and the, and the bullpen. Um, by the way, he's he's uh, 38. He'll be 39 in August. He's not even the oldest Braves reliever. <laughs> is it O'Day? That's O'Day. He's already 39. <laughs> <laughs> so you got three guys that are pushing 39 with him and uh and and uh, Charlie. I don't know how these guys are doing it. I ran yesterday. I ran some sprints and I can't even walk today. <laughs> and you're what? Their age? 37. <laughs> I'm a year year and a half younger. <laughs> oh man. So it'll be his third stint with the Braves and you got to love guys like that, man. Just hang on and hang on and hang on with the good personalities and the rubber arms. And Shavy's an alien too. I mean, like, what else am I going to do for a living? Why wouldn't I be doing this? Yep. Um, speaking of Matt Olson, I was looking at Matt Olson's numbers. He is tied with uh, the Rays, super soft Wander Franco and Cleveland veteran, Jose Ramirez who, man, I know Jose Ramirez has been an all-star and all that, but that guy's got to be one of the most underappreciated superstars in the game. You look at his numbers over the years. But he's back, Jose Ramirez, this year. If he was a little slow down last year, I'm not even sure what his numbers were last year, but he is raking this year. But the three of those guys have 20 hits apiece. Olsen has 11 walks, though, to Franco's one. So he's got a 516 to 396 OBP advantage. That's pretty good. Olsen, the 516 OBP, 12 games in. So, um, Ramirez, dude's got four homers, 20 ribbies in 12 games. Ooh, 20 shit. ribbies. Yeah. I didn't know that. He's slugging 830, 426 average, 472 OBP. Ramirez, your early MVP candidate. Of course, anybody's going to have a tough time beating Shohei, but. <laughs> Jose is raking, man. Did you see him? Did you see Shohei? Yeah. Was it yesterday or two days ago? Two days ago. Perfect through go? like five or six. Yeah. Drop, but the, the, I mean, it's he dropped down a bunt. The inning that messed him up, he dropped down a bunt for a single. And yeah. I never realized he was as fast as he is. Yeah, until he the can last run, couple. man. 
they said he almost hit 30 miles an hour running to first base, but so he gets a single and then the, the Astros picked over like 15 times while he's on first base and he stood there for a whole inning. Then he went back out and he wasn't quite the same, but if I'm managing him, I'd tell him like, I'd like you to go ahead and yeah. try to get an extra base hit there and yeah, we know, don't maybe, need you to maybe pop out and keep throwing a perfect game, but yeah, the, kind of a, it's a crazy position to be in as a manager, having a guy do yeah, that. Yeah. The angels have got two very big boys who can run. Yeah. With him and Mike Trout. Yeah. Cause Trout can still fuck can still fly man yeah um yeah and wander franco by the way just turned 21 in march <laughs> he's like he's like two three years younger than acuna <laughs> you know who you know who's impressive too is is adonis garcia's brother oh yeah adolis adolis i mean he's yeah. a beast did you see the yeah. catch he made last night that was great yeah and remember last year he got off to that big start with all the home runs last year yeah yeah he's a stud man adolis he's a big boy he's put together he is he's put together. He's not tall. He's put together. Eric, let's hear from today's sponsors. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Speaking of Olsen, what I wanted to bring up, a quick check on the on the uh, prospects that the Braves gave up for him. And and with the uh, caveat that it's so early, this means nothing, of course. But I just thought it would be interesting to see where they are and all that, you know, more than anything, what levels they're at and all that. But I will say, Shea Langoliers, I have never wavered on this, even when they traded him. I think this guy is going to be a star, and that's the guy that I was really shocked that they traded. Even more than Cusick, who looks like he could be an ace, but you never know with pitchers. He could get hurt, whatever. But Langer, it, with uh, Langoliers, you're talking about a guy with gold glove defensive skills already. And last year he hits 20 home runs, 22 home runs in Mississippi, which is the toughest minor league hitting park in the country. So this is a guy that I – and they didn't want to give him up, but they were either – it's either him or Harris, and they were not going to give up Harris. So – Right now, and again, very early, but last year, remember he pitched, he, he had the breakout year at double A, only played like five games at the very end of the year, triple A, just to get him up there, and get a taste of it. But really, this is his first year in triple A. And admittedly, this is in a, uh, the PCL, that whole thing is a really hitter's league out there. Is it, was it, is it still called the PCL? I guess it is. But, uh, for Las Vegas, the Oakland's AAA, all these guys were with Oakland's organization, obviously. With AAA Las Vegas, he's hitting 341, four homers, 431 OBP, and an 1113 OPS early on. That Las Vegas field's like playing on the moon. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's a huge park, high fences, and the ball still just flies out because they don't have any type of humidor no. stuff in, right. in the minor league. So I'd PCL. take, you know, yeah. that whole, the whole PCL is, is very hitter yeah. friendly. 
And a lot of those, pitching. and some of those parks are in altitude too, and on t- yeah. either dry or Colorado altitude. Springs. Yeah, yeah. I think the only pitcher's park in the whole thing is uh, Tacoma. It felt like uh-huh. you know just just that heavy air. But I mean, I've I've been watching Pache highlights too. Uh, we're going to get to him. He's got a couple of homers. He's basically Pache doing what Pache does. He's got a couple yeah. of homers, but he's hitting two oh eight. With zero walks, 11 <laughs> strikeouts, and 48 at-bats over 14 games. He's playing every day in center field. So he's getting yep. every chance in the world to play. He's played every day. Um, he's got a 563 OPS. Two homers, that's nice. But, I mean, he's not hitting this guy. But now he's got 120 career plate appearances in 38 major league games. Granted, this is the first time he's really got a chance to play a lot. But – uh, in 120 career PAs, he's hit 157, three homers, two walks, 38 strikeouts, and a 448 OPS. The guy yeah. does not walk. I think, you know, maybe maybe there's an upside to, like we've talked about with starting pitchers, a chance for him to go up and take his whooping in the major leagues and make the adjustment there. I don't know what kind of AAA numbers he's been putting up, but I've just been seeing his defense and yeah, you know, nobody was lying about that. It's, it's been pretty impressive. Some of the plays he's making, but yeah, he's got point to uh defensive war according to baseball uh, reference, which this early in the season is good. Anybody yeah. anything positive, but you know, there's several guys with that, but you know, I don't know. I, defensive metrics are not obviously entirely accurate anyway, but yeah, we know he's a superstar defensively. Yeah, but is that what he's going to be? He's starting to look like that to me. That he's going to be a a two thirty, two forty hitting great defensive center fielder, which some teams can carry that. Some good teams yeah. can carry that. But you're going to have. It's not like it was in the in the game of old though, where you could carry a couple of guys like a shortstop that didn't hit or one outfielder who didn't hit. There's most of these great teams now. They really don't want a black hole at any spot in the lineup. That's true, and I mean looking at looking at some of the games the Braves have had with, with the bottom third, not hitting, you know, I mean, it kind of makes sense. I I've always believed you could afford to do that. You know, if it was one guy in the lineup that was like an Andrelton, right. You know, like just an extreme defender. Um, But yeah, I mean, maybe, maybe there's not a role for those guys anymore, even though I think there should be. But Andrelton to his credit did hit better than that. Yeah. Yeah, he did. He did have a power threat. I mean, he had double digit home runs at least one year. Yeah. No, and, I mean he just run into some balls, but his and, his at bats were never pretty. No, no, awkward. But he hit about what a like two forty something like that, and a little higher one year. I'd have to go back and yeah. look at that. But no, he, he had some good years with the bat, but his yeah. defense was always there. Oh, always, and at shortstop, I mean he's making plays every inning, you know, practically. Yep. But uh, oh, so the other guys, Ryan Cusick, the twenty two year old, uh, the guy from first rounder from Wake Forest a year ago. It was only a, it wasn't even a year ago this guy was drafted. Made his pro debut late last year, low A at Augusta, and was terrific and limited. They really limited his innings, but he was unbelievable with the strikeout walk ratio last year. So this year, he started out in double A in the Oakland organization. I don't know. They might be rushing him a little bit. Who knows? But he's got a 7.04 ERA and two starts. Again, so early. Who cares? Two starts, seven hits, six runs, five walks, nine strikeouts, and seven two-thirds innings. Joey Estes, the guy that really got overlooked in that, which kind of surprised me, but only because he wasn't a top-rated prospect, top draft pick, because this guy had great numbers last year 
in uh, in low A along with, you know, Kusick, except this guy was there all year in low A, Augusta. But he had great numbers last year. And this year he's starting out in high A with Oakland. He's got a 7-0 ERA and two starts, 11 hits, seven earned, two homers, four walks, 10 strikeouts, nine innings. So that's it. There's the four guys they gave up for Matt Olson. And as we said, regardless of what happens with those guys, once Olson signed that eight-year extension, then it was a great trade in my book. If they could, if they had, if I only got him for two years for giving up all that, I would have had, right. you know, you need to win a World Series or whatever to make it worthwhile if, if Langoliers goes on to become a star, you know. But they signed him long-term, so it really doesn't matter, you know. That was a great trade. I, I, that's That's how I look at it. You know, obviously, if you've seen some rentals in the past that that have had packages like that attached to them, and you know, the share a deal. You know, there's yeah. some deals like that where you're like when I was with Seattle, we traded Adam Jones, yeah, for Eric yeah. Bedard, and you know, Bedard showed up and didn't seem to give a shit, and had yeah, you know, he was in Seattle for one or two years, and Baltimore got an entire career out of Jonesy. You know, so when you yeah. sign a guy and get Franchise him for player. You get a guy for, you know, an eight-year deal that you know is going to be around, and and you know, I'm sure they did their background check right. on his character and all that. They, and they, they knew, knew what they, they were getting, him. and they knew, and they they knew he's worth him. it. Yeah, they they wouldn't have done it. I'm, he'll never admit this because it's tampering and all that. But they but would they knew, never, yeah. they would never have traded for him if they didn't think they would never given up four prospects if they didn't know they no. could sign him. Yeah, um, dude. Nobody, few teams have ever done, have ever traded. Uh, well, the Marlins have done this. They've traded away tons of great players, but they've, because they've never had a payroll hardly. And when they win a World Series, then they trade everybody. But the Diamondbacks have traded away so many good players and given and got nothing for them that the latest that, that really just, I, I scratch my head and go, what are the, what are they doing out there? Is Jazz Chisholm with the Marlins. This kid is a star, and it was obvious in the last two years when he's been here playing against the Braves, playing down there, watching him for a whole series. He's one of those guys you watch for a whole series, and he's going to do 10 things that you go, wow, you know, in the field, at the plate. And uh, there was a – Dero had a great comp this morning. Between oh, Soriano. Soriano, yes. I'm trying to think who he reminds me of because he's so wiry and ripped. Yeah. But it's not a short, wiry guy, you know. Like uh, he's not—he's not a, a like Ozzy. You know, he's not five seven, five six. He's like you know five eleven, six foot. Man, he's probably taller than that. I don't know, but he looks like Soriano, and he swings like Soriano, and he's got that kind of power. And this kid can play some shortstop too, man. I mean, he's going to be a superstar. And they gave him up. You know what they got for him, right? No, right. I didn't even know he was with the Diamondbacks. Yeah, he came from the Diamondbacks in a trade for Zach Gallon. That was the trade. I'm trying to figure out which one of the two teams was trying to win at the time. 2019 Diamondbacks, I guess, thought they were close to winning, but okay. The, so, so he was a prospect at the time. They trade for they trade for Zach Gallon. Who goes over there um, in 2019? Gallon had with the Marlins what put up a 272 ERA in 2019. So he looked like a stud young starter, right? 43 mm-hmm. strikeouts, 18 walks, and 36 innings. He goes to the Diamondbacks and had a good year the rest of the year after the trade. 
Solid. 289 ERA and eight starts, 53 strikeouts, 43 and two-thirds after the trade. So they think I got a guy. And then he goes in 2020, made 12 starts out of 275 ERA. Now, did he have, I'm trying to remember. Obviously, he got hurt. Or, no, that was the, uh, no, that was the, uh, what am I thinking? That was a full season because that was a 60 game season. So he had a great year in uh in, in this pandemic year. 12 starts, 275 ERA, 82 strikeouts. I thought he had a couple good starts against the Braves, or at least one where he right. threw the ball pretty well. But then last year, but then last year in the first full season after the pandemic, he goes 23 starts. He must have got hurt. I don't remember what what the IL stint was. Has a 430 ERA. Uh, okay. 139 strikeouts. Now you got 49 walks and 19 homers in 121 innings. So you're like, okay. Now he's back this year. He's made one start, went four innings. I, I got to look up the injury he had last year, what he came back from. So, uh, you know, and it's probably it's only 26. It's too early to judge and write him off or whatever. He finished ninth in Cy Young in 2020 in the pandemic year. But I do know that the guy they got, he's not going to be as good as the guy they gave up as a position guy. Because right. Chisholm is a stud, and he's going to be a guy that the Marlins – Unless they're even dumber than I think, they they need to sign him <laughs> to a long term extension and build around this kid because he is flat out a star and he's got so much charisma. The whole thing with Kuzi, the umpire last night, the whole thing yep. uh, that was the way he handled all that because <laughs> because he tried to get him in a box, you know. So you're out of you get in a box and he just kind of looked at him like, "What man?" He called timeout and gets to there, you know. He said, "Let's get it going," and he just hits a tank, man, on the next pitch. And then he did. The, did you see the euro step? <laughs> yeah, right in front of the umpire's face. He does the euro step. Puts his hands up. It was great. Oh so, man. Anyway, yeah, yeah. That's uh, <laughs> game's definitely changed. <laughs> yeah, right in front of the up. <laughs> I can't imagine doing that to Joe West ten years ago. <laughs> Joe West would have tossed him. Yeah, whether it was whether he was had the right to or not, he would have. Look it up. I want to look up Zach Gallon's injury. I he missed time with a hairline fracture in 21. Ah, ah. Cam just dropped it in our notes. I see. All right. Yeah. And then he's questionable for opening day this year for his shoulder. Oh, t- injury during batting practice. Hairline fracture in the forearm. And then he had opening day this year with a shoulder issue. So, anyway, it's too early, obviously, to write him off because he's obviously a big talent, too. But, uh, man, just jazz chism. Ooh, that's the kind of guy that could haunt you for a long time. So uh, why teams are so gun shy, you know, and then they'll hold on to prospects until they've made it very clear that they're not going to be anything, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like they might've Braves might've done that with uh, Pache, but right. we'll, We'll see guys. Let's take a quick break and then we'll finish up the show. If you're as obsessed with basketball as I am, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Hey guys, this is JJ Reddick. Twice a week, I'm cooking up something special for basketball junkies on my podcast, The Old Man and the Three. I bring on guests in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, like Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash. Or Paulo Bencaro on his shooting workouts with Kevin Durant. Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron when they were teammates in Miami. But it's not just about the player interviews. Every Monday, I break down the top three things happening around the NBA without the outlandish takes. Often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler, we dive deep into topics like rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is meme mugging now a tech? The Old Man of the Three is the only companion podcast you'll need during the playoffs this year. Be sure to listen to The Old Man of the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. 
And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the Internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed Internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. What you think of the series in LA? I, I, I'm not worried about Charlie. I thought you know he's had he had two rough starts on the trip, but it's I'd be worried if he was throwing 93. He's yes. not. Yeah, he's throwing 97. He's throwing maybe a, a half a mile or a mile an hour below his peak last year, and and the spin rate every bit is good, dude. He had he had the top once again the top like I I, can, I, I counted it up. It was like the top 37 spin rate pitches in that game of all the pitchers in that game, and he's. He's spinning a ball over 3,000 RPMs regularly, every every curveball, and like a handful over 3,200 again. So I, there's nothing that – the stuff is not diminished whatsoever. Yeah, I don't – you know, just like Freed, I think somebody had called in and asked us if I was worried about Freed or what adjustments mm-hmm. he needs to make. You know, and I mean, if you've Good watched point. him throw, this stuff's there, and what's Freed do? You know, yeah. I mean, with guys that have been this good for this long, um, you know, you get scared if you see a velocity drop. Like if Charlie yeah. was 89, 90, yeah. it's going to be a tough league for him to pitch in. I mean, he could still do it because he's got the spin, but he's still touching 96, 97. So, oh, you know, yeah. I, I think it's just – it's probably a little fine-tuning, little little minor stuff that he'll put together. Um, the series as a whole – I mean, you couldn't imagine it going down without Freddie impacting it. Yeah. You know, he homered in the first inning of both games that the Dodgers won. Yeah. Homered in his first plate appearance against them, second yep. pitch. I mean, uh, that had then, to happen. And then Charlie threw him that, as Charlie said, that's a pitch, you, the worst pitch you can make to a left handed hitter. But I thought there was a spot with Freddie, we could get him away, but he made the mistake of throwing that inside right into his wheelhouse. And Freddie, as he said, right into his bat path. Freddie just kills balls hit right there. Yeah. Man. You know what the best pitch of the whole series was? That two seamer uh, Freed threw down and into Freddie. Oh my God, Freed that is the dealing. best pitch you can throw, lefty lefty. And they, you know Freed doesn't do that much, right? But Freddie's uh, he's uh, he's one of those hitters that's on a, such a high level, even lefty lefty, that you're willing to do something you don't normally do. Yeah, and I think you know just caught him off guard a little bit. But Freddie's only missed that by a foot. I don't think I've seen Freddie miss five pitches like that. Nope. Look that silly on a pitch. He just didn't hardly ever looks. He might get fooled on a pitch away and make one of those swings. He's just mm-hmm. trying to make contact with it, but not inside like that where he cuts, you know. Yeah, that was that was an awesome Freed pitch. Was, Freed was filthy. And you're right. Freed had two mediocre starts before that. Yeah. And he came out and had a pitch, uh, had a start every bit as good as those ones he made last year, if not yep. better. Yep. It was like those that's two the best shutouts. I've seen him throw, I think. That's what Snit said. You know, and that's saying something because he had the two shutouts last year. One was against Baltimore, doesn't really count, but the other was a real team. Uh, you know, he was he was absolutely dealing the other day. That was that was that was something to watch against that Dodger lineup yeah. at Dodger Stadium. Whoa, that was that was impressive at a place where he struggled, yeah. and the Braves have obviously struggled. Dude, that's the only game they've won there. They had an eight game losing streak before that. There regular season losing streak there. It's just that's that's what I'm saying though. Is what something becomes a thing. <laughs> it's like it's that right. much harder to snap out of it. But Even when you change the personnel, then it's yeah. 
West Coast trips are hard, though. You know, I mean, they hadn't been they hadn't been back in Atlanta long enough to really get adjusted, and they're probably yeah. still on kind of a spring training sleep schedule. But yeah, West Coast trips that different game time, you know, the different humidity, different weather, different feeling to it. it yeah, for whatever reason, I felt like even when I was with Atlanta, we always struggled on those West Coast trips. And it was it's so early in the year that it was beautiful weather, and it was no humidity in any place right. they went. So it's totally different than what they left here. Um, I thought the four game split with the Padres, that's fine. I mean, go in there and yeah. play. I mean, they don't have Tatis, right? But the Braves don't have Acuna. By the way, how yeah. about if you bought a ticket to that last year going, oh, yeah, I get to see Acuna and Tatis? Yeah. <laughs> but um, I thought they played well in a couple of those games and really raked in that one game. They scored like 12 runs. Yeah. Um, I thought some positives out of the trip, obviously, was freed, but uh, Ozuna is raking. Olsen had more three hit games, drew a lot of walks, hit some, you know, Olsen looks good. Uh, Azuna's really got going. Um, they still need to get, get Swanson is still on like a record strikeout pace. I mean, this guy's yeah. whiffing so much, but some other guys, uh, are, are, are hitting at the top of the lineup. Who'd you get going out there? Uh, oh, Rosario. Rosario hit the ball hard in some games. That was good to see because he wasn't doing anything before that. Um, the lineup's gonna be fine. You get, you add, when you add, when you add Acuna to it and you can move Ozzy you know, down further in the lineup, that's going to be fine. Riley, Riley's raking. So they're, they're going to score. Yeah. They're going to score a lot of runs. They haven't yet. They haven't scored many runs yet, but they will. There's no yeah, doubt. Yeah, I'm not worried about the lineup. I think they'll get it It'd going. It'd be nice to get week. Dansby going. I think they'll get the lineup going against the Marlins and the Nationals. This is going to score a lot of runs in a seven-game homestand, I think. But, yeah, yeah. they got to get – or six, whatever it is. Dansby's just uh, – he looks lost, man, most of the time up there right now. Yeah, I – I don't know. Maybe he's feeling, you know, I mean, it's free playing for a free agent years. Yeah. It's a different pressure for guys. And I mean, even if you're him, think about the difference. If he hits 30 homers this year yeah. and plays great defense or hits 10. Huge. You know, or, or if he hits 285 with 25 or, or hits 270 with 10. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's that, you know, what type of player he is if you've been watching him, but those numbers going into free agent year. Right somebody's going to get greedy and have to have you and pay you an extra 50, 60 million. So you hope, so, so you're hoping in his head, he's not thinking about those kind of numbers. Like, okay, I want to hit, still hit for a high average, but I want to hit for pop. Like I did last yeah. year. You know, I hope he's not thinking about all that when he goes into the box, this is my free agent walk year. Like last year, he didn't really have any pressure, you know? Yeah. And well, and that's, what's crazy about changing the balls, you know, is it, like, I mean, how many balls have you seen guys standing at the plate thinking guys it's track? Even that ball Chisholm hit yesterday. Yep. That that ball should have been probably upper deck. He pimped it like it was in the upper deck, and that yeah. thing barely got out. Yep. You know, and the balls Freddie hit were absolutely torched, and they one of them hit the top of the fence, and one of them got out by a foot. You know, it's it's kind of like. But my point being is that changing the balls on guys, they should they should know that going into the season. Like, okay, if the ball's not flying this year, maybe yeah. realistically, I'm more like a 17, 15, 17 homer guy. I shouldn't have in my mind that I'm going to hit 30 again. Plus and in my approach, and if I'm trying to lift the ball in my approach and I feel like I got it and now yeah. it's at the track, now I'm 0 for 4 today versus 1 for 4 with a homer is a nice day for a lot of yeah. guys, you know, especially building a resume. Now I'm, now I'm 0 for 4 with, with two strikeouts that I was okay with the two strikeouts because I was going to hit a homer. Yeah. Right? I mean, it's like it, it changes – it changes a lot about your approach as a hitter, and it's it's crazy. They just keep changing the ball if, so if, much. If the seams are higher, like like Travis said and a couple of pitchers said, 
and then you got the humidor. So they're, that's, yep. that's some pitchers said they're chalky or slicker. And they got humidors in every park now, which is also new and very different. Um, it would explain why. I mean, I would I would guess without exaggerating on seven game trip. I saw 10 balls that a year Easy. ago I thought were going in the seats. Nothing is going in the seats unless it's just crushed on a line. Basically, line drives yeah. are going in the seats. But these towering fly balls that last year went five, ten rows up are dying at the warning track Freddie again and one. again and again. Lux hit one. I mean, I've I've just I've watched. Pena's had two. I feel, oh yeah, Pena had two. One to yeah. center, I remember. But yeah. I feel like every game I watch, there is a shock hitter that the ball they hit yeah. didn't go out. And, you know, that those are actually the balls that when I came into the league stayed in the yard. You know, like if they said it was tough to get one out at Safeco, yeah. you'd have a guy barrel a ball with backspin and good launch ankle or whatever, and he'd get caught yeah. at the track, and the hitter would just run to the dug- dugout shaking his head. But now it's like they've moved the fences in, and these guys are used to, if I barrel it in the air, it's got like a, you know, a pretty good chance of going out, and now it's just getting caught at the wall. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Pena th- – this guy could have pretty good numbers right now. That's a good pickup because he can hit. This guy's yeah. got pop. Speaking of home runs, Baltimore has only got like four as of, well, last I looked, they had four because the Braves got this ridiculous, crazy streak going of solo homers that yeah. I've never seen anything like it. Austin Riley hit a two-run homer on opening day. They have not hit a multi-homer game, homer since. All solos. Yeah. It's like 15 solos. Yeah, it's crazy. And then second fewest solos or second fewest bases uh, homers with a runner on base was Baltimore. They only had like four homers, but three of them with a runner on base. But they've only got like four <laughs> homers because you've got the factors we just talked about. Their team sucks. And they moved left field. <laughs> they moved the left field fence back this year. Remember, like 15 feet yep. in Baltimore. So as a yep. result, they're not hitting home runs, man. They might hit like a record low homers since the live ball era, at least. I haven't looked, but well, they'll change the balls if this keeps up. Because yep, they will. That baseball does that. Middle of the season, they'll think nothing of changing them. If it's boring or ratings are down, or so I, I just feel like it's kind of a bullshit move to to do it to the players too. You know, because as a pitcher, you, you feel good getting these fly balls if if guys are chasing up in the zone and and yeah. when when it just can flip a switch. You know, overnight, all of a sudden, balls are getting out that shouldn't. Or vice versa, you're you're squaring balls up in the gap and they're dying at the track. Yeah, yeah. I wish there was there was some kind of. Uh, it just sucks that MLB owns Rawlings. I guess they can do whatever they want. Yeah, it's too easy for them to change the balls. That should that should require a lot of testing and and a transition period and all that. And you bring them in spring training, have them pit, people pit with them there. Just should be. If in fact, you know, and I, I, there's no reason why the catcher would not know if the seams are higher. And he, Travis said they are. So, yeah. Um, I, I'm looking at this home run totals because I'm, I'm curious now on how many Baltimore has. Uh, the Braves are tied with the Angels for the way, uh, by the way, with the, uh, for the home run lead with 16. 15 of them solo. <laughs> well, that'll that's change. Insane, man. That's, that's, that's another crazy. reason not to panic because that'll change. That's like that set last year, though, out of coming out of the break. Uh, one loss, one loss, one loss. Remember that re- unbelievable stat yeah. where they alternated wins and losses? The Orioles have four homers in 13 games. They are slugging 285 as a team. They are pathetic, man. They have a 583 team OPS. I don't, I mean, 
Yeah, it's it's frustrating to see teams not even trying. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, there's yeah, there's ten ten teams are slugging four hundred or higher, and they're at two eighty five. I just like, I'm glad to see nobody showing up at Oakland. Oh my God, nobody! That big stadium, there's like three thousand people, and that's the announced. There's actually about a thousand it's people. Like four hundred. Like. Yeah, it's bad, man. That is bad. Uh, for the Braves, the, the weird thing is they lead the league and uh, the lead the majors and homers are tied for the league. They are. 15th and run scored with 54, and that's despite playing 14 games, which is more than most teams. There are a couple of teams that have played other ones that have played 14 and one, and the Nationals played 15. So the Nationals would actually be below them in runs per game. But for the most part, Braves are, yeah, they're they're at bottom half in scoring while leading tied for the major league leading home runs. <laughs> yeah, it all changes. It's very early, but it's yeah. kind of a weird start. So Anyway, this is a series of our homestand where they need to uh, get going. They still have not won a series. They've split two four-gamers and lost two three-gamers. Mets, by the way, have not lost us. Have, have won all four of their series. Braves have not won a series yet. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah, I know. All right. Well, that's it. We'll talk again uh, after this weekend's games against the Fish and Jazz Chisholm and see what color his hair is. But I love that guy. That's it. That's all we got. And we appreciate everybody watching and listening and doing that room with us. We'll do another one of those next week. And thanks a lot, everybody. 755 is real. We are out. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.